Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey guys, it's Travis Cronin and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today, as always, I am joined by two lovely ladies from the Us Weekly team. We have the ballet beautiful Gwen Flamberg. Oh my, my. Well, thank you. I shall releve right into the recording. Oh, I can't wait to see your fondue. And the lady curled up, probably with a white claw and a Hallmark movie on pause until this recording session is finished, Miss Formerly Baby Girl, Sarah Huron. Wow, you're spying on me, huh? <laughs> yes, I set up that nanny cam in that bear I gave you last Valentine's Day. The celebs this week have been sassy, salty, saucy, and downright savage this week. We're going to talk about a historic onset meltdown, royal adjacent pregnancies, celebrity Olympic hopefuls, abuse allegations, abuse charges, celebrities leaving cults, and a major power couple spending time apart. But before we go through all this sort of monstrous celebrity regulatory news, let's start with our intentions. You know, as I said, we're pretty plucky. We're doing all right. So these intentions are not for us. These are for celebrities that we want to see them doing more of or stop doing of. Sarah Huron, who is your intention for this week? My celebrity intention is for Kristen Cavallari. And while some people are telling Kristen Cavallari, you know, maybe get off Instagram live when you're wasted with your best friend, Justin Anderson, and stop partying with people from Bravo like Austin and and Craig. I say, keep going, girl. Thanks for the content. Um, maybe let's get – and honestly – I'm going to go as far as to say, let's bring back Very Cavallari and let's have Justin Anderson talk about the son that he gave up for, that he placed up for adoption when he was a teenager that we just learned about. Let's have her talk about her divorce, party with the Southern Charm people, make out with the comedian in Cabo. Like Kristen Cavallari's life is actually perfect for a reality show. She was just hiding all the good stuff on that Very Cavallari. So give me a Very Cavallari 2.0 and keep getting drunk and give me the real drama. 
I really like that attention because Kristen Cavallari, first of all, is a reality star by heart, nature. It's who she is. And she's good about getting drunk and making out with boys and starting drama. That's why we love KCAV. Gwen, who is your intention for this week? Well, guys, my intention is for Britney Spears. It's Britney. You know, she's going through a lot and she just cut her hair. You guys, it was a drastic new do. I don't want to give too much away. Head on over to usmagazine.com slash stylish and see the cut, which, you know, I will just say it's the shortest cut that Britney's ever had, except for when she shaved her dang head. And Britney, I know you're going through a lot, but don't do it. Don't do it. Stick with where you're at with the drastic new do. Don't go any shorter. We're watching you. I think, Gwen, do you think this is, you know, retaliation for all of the court battles that are going on? It's so hard to talk about it every week because it's such legalese what's going on in the courts. But do you think this haircut is like, uh, I'm moving on, I'm happy, or like everything is in turmoil, I hate my dad, let's top it all off? You know, it's really hard to say because haircuts can go either way. They're either a cry for help, as we have seen Brittany do when she shaves her head, um, or they are a definitive, like, a fresh start and a breakover, if you will, haircut. And, you know, I, I do think that when people cut their hair shorter, it is a sign of the them becoming a bit more mature and more grown up. And maybe that's something that Brittany is trying to signal with this new haircut. Maybe. Maybe. It is very short. Well, let us get into some news today because I am really excited to hear your thoughts on our first topic. Okay. Well, we're going to come out running here. Tom Cruise was on the set of Mission Impossible 7 in London after it was already shut down once earlier in the pandemic. Um, He was caught on tape with leaked audio recording that the Sun obtained. He was yelling at two crew members who were standing less than six feet away from each other while watching playback on a screen. And you know, I'm just going to read you some Tom Cruise highlights from this week's. We are the gold standards. They are back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. They believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every effing studio at night, insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us to make their movies. We're creating thousands of jobs, you mother effers. I don't ever want to see this again. No apologies. And, you know, he continues, I have told you and now I want it. If you don't do it, you're out. We are shutting this effing movie down. Is that understood? I'll see it. You're effing gone. And then today we've gotten a little bit more about this story. Five staffers on the new movie apparently quit because of this leaked audio and Tom being really hard to work with. Uh, Sarah Huron, I see you chomping at the bit. What did you think when you first heard this audio recording? I mean, listen... I thank you, I guess, Tom Cruise, for trying to help, you know, enforce safety protocols. But I'm not okay with anyone speaking to anyone that way. Um, And also, homie, like, you're in a cult. And I have a hard time with the praise of him, you know, somehow being a hero for that when he's um, the face of Scientology. Uh, Gwen, what did you think? It's sort of tough because some people are like, yeah, he is trying to keep people employed and be like a silver beacon of Hollywood. And, you know, even George Clooney sort of came to his defense a little bit. Gwen, what are your thoughts? Well, here's the thing, you know, as you guys know, like I'm a little bit COVID crazy. Like I'm all for safety and I'm all for wearing masks and I'm all for social distancing and I'm all for like everybody doing everything they can to be safe. So like 
kudos to Tom Cruise. I'm like, I totally love that he is looking out for everybody's safety and also trying to enforce doing the right thing. What I found a little insane was that it it just, it read like a script. So like, it's like Tom mm. Cruise, are you auditioning for the part of like Knight in Shining Armor? And I also totally agree with Sarah that like, Nobody, especially somebody in a position of authority on a movie set where all the others are looking up to him, he's the veteran, should not speak to anybody the way that he did. That's not the way to get your point across. And it's not the way to, you know, get people to do what you want. You know, read the room, Tom. Read the room, Tom. Read the room. And, you know, celebrity meltdowns on set are nothing new for us here at Us. Lots of celebrities have them. But this was just so aggro and aggressive. And a source actually told us um, that some of this is stemming from Tom's personal life. He hasn't had a girlfriend in eight years, you guys. It has been eight years since the last contract. I mean, girlfriend, not contract. (laughs) Girlfriend. Girlfriend. That's it. Yes. (laughs) Do you think it was real? Do you think it was staged, the the meltdown? I feel like it was staged. It just felt to me like... He was reading a script. I kind of that direction, too. you know? I felt like it was reading a script, but I think he'd like drop a little less F-bombs and, you know, probably it, it read like a script, but he said the same thing over and over again. And he's like, you two are effing done. And he repeated the same phrase. And that felt like he did the moment. Maybe they gave him, they were like, right, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be great for your image. Like Tom Cruise, you're going to be the guy who isn't saving Hollywood on Mission Impossible 45. But then he got carried away and he went in character and he took out all the anger he has about all like not having met Zenu yet. And he's taking mm-hmm. it out on these people. I actually think he has met Zenu. If anyone has, it is definitely Tom Cruise. But I, I also agree with Sarah that my bottom line is thank you, Tom, because it was it's these celebrity scandals that really, you know, take us out of our lives of 2020 and show us what's important in our lives. And that's celebrities having messy breakdowns and us being here to talk about it. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, this isn't celebrities having breakdowns at all. It's just a little dry and boring, but a step in the right direction, I guess. Gwen, tell us about formerly Duchess Meghan and formerly Prince, but still a Prince, Prince Harry's new podcast. We have, I mean, we have competition, you guys. We you have guys, competition. I, they're going to come on the show. It's already been agreed. Is- they said they're going to do a sit down with us. Yeah. This is the deal. Like, we have got some competition because Harry and Meghan signed a a podcast deal with Spotify. I mean, we have a deal with Spotify. What are they doing? They're stepping on our toes. All right. So they have go back to where you came from. I mean, seriously, they have signed a deal with Spotify. Um, to do a um, podcast that is a partnership with Spotify and their production company, Archwell Audio. So they're getting into the podcasting game. Their first series is going to be some holiday inspirational readings. I, I, I don't know, you guys. I don't know how I feel about this. It's just getting a little too, you know, if Megan wants to be this close to the people, she should just bring back the TIG. <laughs> Did you listen to the teaser? No, I did, I did not, not listen to the teaser. I didn't even know that there was a teaser. It's, what did they say, Sarah? I listened to it twice. It was crazy to hear them. I just feel like I haven't heard either of them speak in months. Yeah. Like you barely hear royals, I feel like, speak anyway. And it was just so bizarre. But of course it starts with like Megan's like gets all like flirty, like say it in your it sounds better in your accent. So he's like Archwell Media and his little accent. And it's like <laughs> it's it's a little cringe, but they seem 
I don't know. I, you know how I feel about them. I they struggle. Seem, they seem real, Sarah. Do they seem real? I mean, I feel like Megan is a stone's throw away from being a real housewife of Santa Barbara. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was like a script. Um, but they have nice voices. It was really just like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I listened to it twice. I was just like, I don't know why, what is happening here? Like, it was just a lot to take in. But the thing with the accent was annoying. I was like, oh boy, we're already, like, I rolled my eyes in the first 30 seconds. But then I was like, I need to give it a chance. I'm such a hater. And I don't even know why. Like, I know why, but I don't know. I I was trying to be less of a Grinch, but it was really easy to be a Grinch, if that makes sense. Oh, I can't wait to listen to every single episode because I love hearing their voices. And I also just... Well, you know, I need more reason in 2020 to like scratch head. <laughs> but what do we even know about the content? This is why I, I'm also a Harry and Meghan hater who's trying to reform myself and being less crunchy because I can't quite put my finger on why I do it. And I just want them to do, you know, good for the world and good for our country. But I also don't want them to be crushingly boring. And I'm not getting that from either of them. I know between the podcast deal and the Netflix deal, I feel like it's all the same, like charity stuff, which is great. But at the same time, like, I just don't really care. Like, I don't know if I need to talk about your charity. Did you guys see that um, Mackenzie Bezos, what is her name that she's going by now, her maiden name? She just donated something like $64 billion of her personal fortune. And she did it quietly. And this is the issue that I have with Meghan and Harry, because, you know, if they want to do all this good for the world, and I truly do believe that they do, and I applaud that, and I'm super into that, and I love that, but you can do good for the world without like the attention of a podcast or a Netflix deal. Like I just the thirst is mm. insane. It all goes back to me to like your excuse for running away and tearing your husband from not just his family, but also like his his basic like born into duties to a country that has paid taxes and looked up to you for your entire life, you know, because you didn't want attention. And I love really when Gordon speaks doing, on behalf of the UK and they're fire at him because I believe they feel the same way you do. But all they're doing is like seeking attention with this stuff. It's like you can donate to charity. You can raise awareness for charity. You can do all of these things without the attention that you're like pushing yourself into. Okay. I think I finally figured it. I think I figured it out is that they're doing all these humanitarian causes, but they're trying to do it in front of a camera, which is, you know, off-putting to begin with, but it's also not entertaining. So if you're you're going to give us entertainment and, you know, be the star of the show, then be entertaining. If you're going to be a humanitarian, just slip into like a quiet life of nothingness. And I just don't think they found that balance. And I'm already so bored you, with what it. What do you think would be entertaining, Trav? Do you think that Megan should dye Harry's hair pink on camera? That would be absolutely not. I would just like to wash something that doesn't feel like a classroom. And I think that they could get their message out a lot more if you know there was a little bit more flair with it. Like as I said, they're in the entertainment world and nothing they have done at all has been entertaining. <laughs> and when they were part of the royal family, we weren't expecting to be entertained. So it was like different expectations. But you're gonna move to LA, you're you know, you're gonna sign all these deals at Spotify and Netflix, like, all right, then show me something that I actually want to watch. For sure. Well, they could take a tip from our next topic. Uh, Erica Jane sure is entertaining this week. You know, I'm not to say that they should go through embezzlement and these legal things. But, you know, Sarah, tell us a little bit about the new developments, because I've been eating this story alive and we still don't even like know the whole thing yet. Right. As we know, 
ever since Erica filed for divorce, there's been a lot of questions about why. And the federal government has just as many questions as the Real Housewives fans. <laughs> possibly more. Possibly more, accusing them of embezzlement and fraud and trying to hide money and accusing Tom's firm of taking money that was supposed to be settlement for passengers in a plane crash and using it for Erica's glam squad and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And while Erica has continued to say nothing, Lisa Renna has claimed she commented on one of um, Erica's pictures. You better believe we're going to talk about it. So hopefully maybe giving us a little bit that they're going to talk about it on the show. I still don't believe they're going to, but I'm hanging on to that. Like it's what's getting me through the year. Me too. Um, but in court, Tom appeared in court over the phone and a judge froze his assets, claiming that he owes millions of dollars to his clients. And then his defense team made these interesting comments about how Tom has been hospitalized for a mystery illness over the summer they're questioning his mental capacity apparently all he said on the call was confirming he was there so now some people are saying are they using that as a way to try to get out of this like there's just so many questions that we need answers to about this messy messy case i'm getting like Teresa giudice vibes because her <laughs> husband did all of this shady stuff and then she's just sitting there spending the money pretty complicit you know not to say they're without wrong but just left like holding the crap that he left behind and i think it's important to note that this money that they're freezing until he pays up or the boeing 2018 plane crash and these people waiting for the money are widows orphans and people with family members that were lost in the crash it's a really sad population that he's keeping money to you make an interesting point though travis because i agree that teresa judice definitely not innocent but definitely didn't know that she was like committing serious crimes erica a little smarter than our girl right. tree she <laughs> might have been involved i don't know allegedly she at least looks the other way knowingly mm -hmm. what do you think I gwen think it's a pretty crazy mess you see what i did there <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty crazy mess. Well, I mean, what's going to happen to Erica Jane's hair extensions? Will she have the new clothes from Moschino? Is this all this frozen? I mean, like Sarah said, I am also this is getting me through this year to see the next season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because it's going to be so interesting. Well, let's talk about someone we haven't talked about in a while. Cody Simpson, Australian <laughs> singer who I was uncomfortably obsessed with um, during his song, I, 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 and now famous ex-boyfriend of Miley Cyrus, if you're not. You know, <laughs> I never knew that Cody Simpson was Australian. Is that weird? I mean, it's crazy that I didn't. But I just put together Cody Simpson and then Liam Hemsworth. Miley yeah. is into the Aussies. Well, wow. we, I'm sure Sarah will remember the post that says, yep, my type, Australian accent and six-pack abs. Like, that's... Mm. that's. I didn't know Cody Simpson was a singer. I knew him <laughs> as Gigi Hadid's ex-boyfriend. Oh, my God. He had a singing career Cyrus before that. Him. How dare you leave me looking like an idiot without you fangirling over stupid stuff without me? <laughs> I Sorry, I didn't know. But apparently he's also a swimmer, right? Oh, Yes, he is absolutely a swimmer. Um, go check out his songs. They're really, really, really average. So Cody Simpson, also known on Instagram, Prince Neptune, um, wrote a very lengthy Instagram caption about his recent accomplishments qualifying for the Olympic trials for the 100 fly, which I don't know what that means, but I know it's in the pool. So he starts by saying- Butterfly. What? 
Like butterfly. Oh, that's my favorite one. Good for him. I love being the sporty correspondent on the podcast, <laughs> except for the time that I said, what's his name? Michael Kopech had surgery on his shoulder or elbow or whatever I did wrong. Yeah, that was really embarrassing for all of us on the podcast, Sarah. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, well, Cody Simpson said that he would love to share this personal milestone and let you know that my current journey as an athlete, something he says has been kept relatively no low until now, has found a successful point. He has been swimming since he was little. He was a 13-year-old Australian championship, and then he took a break to date Miley Cyrus and have a fantastic musical career, Sarah. And then after only five months back in the water, he is headed for the Olympic trials. Good for Cody Simpson. I love when a celeb steps out and does something new like that sort of like seth rogan's pottery which i'm also obsessed with if you haven't seen seth rogan's pottery go to his instagram page and his kiln work and ceramics is next level all right gwen let's talk about um some families being added to the royal adjacent family maybe our favorite but in the uk is pregnant again I mean, you guys, I I do sometimes think about Pippa Middleton's butt in that white dress. And it was oh, so long ago before she was married at all. But, you know, Pippa and her husband, whose name is James something or other, yep. James Matthews, you guys. Oh, okay. I always, like, yeah, I always mix it up because there's James Middleton. That's who I mix it up with, too. Brother, right? So Pippa's They're both really rich white guys from the UK. Pretty much. Pippa's married to James Matthews, and they are pregnant with their second baby. I wonder if she's going to go for three, like her sister Kate. We hear she's a wonderful auntie and, of course, a great mom. And they're really excited. And they are also very close to buying an, an estate in England near where the Middleton family homestead is in the country it is in and it's an estate called buckleberry farm park oh in, well, that sounds like quite the estate it's a farm yeah, and in, a park <laughs> in berkshire england well you know one of those like i don't know about you guys but during the pandemic all this time that i've had to watch things on the telly as mm-hmm. they say across the pond i watch many a thing where there is an english estate where there are like, you know, fields and mazes and like grass tennis courts. And it's like very genteel. And I just imagine it's someplace like that. Oh, I can definitely see her with some grass tennis courts in her sprawling estate. And good for them. And her high butt. I mean, really, she's still just beyond gorgeous. She's the glamorous sister. It's always, you know, the other is always the one who's the more glamorous. So I Absolutely. Love Kate Middleton looks like she got straight A's. Pippa looks like she, you know, was smoking cigarettes with the bad boys and dated a DJ in her teen years. And I love that about Pippa. Wild speculation. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of bad boys, I don't even want to bring up this horrible story, but we have to talk about it, Sarah, because I am physically unable. Mr. Even Stevens, Shia LaBeouf, an iconic Vogue dancer, singer, and strip pole dance artist, FKA Twigs, <laughs> they're having some disagreements. What yeah. is up with that former couple? This is really dark. Um, FKA, tw- FKA Twigs has accused Shia LaBeouf of relentless abuse, including sexual battery, assault, infliction of emotional distress, and alleged that he unknowingly gave knowingly gave her an STD. Mm-hmm. Um while Shia LaBeouf has, you know, said that her allegations are not true, he accepts accountability. He's saying he has PTSD. He has a long way to recover. Um, and he he's sad that he's sorry that he hurt people. Um, but, you know, her the stuff in the court documents are really disturbing. 
Um, oh there's God. something about like a, a gun oh, being kept under the okay. bed. I will wait. Can we? Can I share my favorite one, which was the catalyst for all of this? They were just leaving Joshua Tree for a little like desert <clears throat> getaway, and he was flying down the highway. They got into an argument, and FKA alleges that he started speeding up to over a hundred miles per hour. He threatened to crash and kill both of them. She screamed at him to get out of the car. They pulled over to a gas station. He shoved her up against the car, put his hand around her throat, threw her bag. And I mean, we've all seen, I hope, Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon's movie Fear. And we totally know the type of guy who, when you're in a car, like races at 100 miles per hour, is like, I'm going to kill us both. It's like a movie trope and very troubling. Very troubling. And Sia yes. has come out and said that she had some issues with him. And I think he had another ex-girlfriend. So clearly- Mia Goth, ex-wife. Yeah, this is dark. Well, and he had all of those episodes where he was just like bonkers. Well, so he was kicked out of Cabaret, at the Broadway right. show, for yelling at the performers and smoking a cigarette live. I remember because I had to go report on that. <laughs> and then it was around this time, actually, uh, like two or three years ago, that he was kicked out of the Broadway thing. And then I reported on him. And then I went to the airport to go fly to Mexico to meet my family. And Shia LaBeouf was standing in front of me at Aubon Pan <laughs> after I was just reporting him wearing his army boots and everything. And I bring this up because listen to hear what he ordered. So I'm standing directly behind him. And he ordered like grilled chicken in a soup bowl with tomato basil poured on top of it. So just like grilled chicken and then just like a huge cup of tomato basil soup. And I've just never seen anyone order that before in my Did life. Did you get the bread bowl? Absolutely not. It was very low carb. <laughs> let's get skinny. But I think that's sort of like a menacing, abusive boyfriend order at an Aubon pan, if I had to guess. Yeah. Totally. All I know is this was disturbing. It made me sick to my stomach reading these court documents, and he needs to get more help. Seriously. I'm very proud of FKA for speaking out about this because I think that, you know, the allegation about him knowingly giving her an STD is potentially very embarrassing, but it's something that, you know, I've never heard anybody um, accused or, or charged with this. Mm -hmm. And it is a serious thing that I've had many of a friend of mine discuss with me. And I do think that like, you know, that should be, that should Criminal. be, well, yeah. And people are afraid to speak out. I agree. And I think it's really important for when women come forward. It's not just, you know, he slapped me in the face. He did this thing. This is like emotional abuse, turmoil. What can you just be just as damaging? And it's really important that all of these stories come out like in the Me Too area of spe speaking up. And, you know, cancel culture is not good, but I'm ready to cancel even Stevens. Right. There are a few. It's funny when like people, not funny, it's like, messed up that certain people get canceled for like a bad joke and not that we shouldn't hold them accountable for that but then people like this like if Shia LaBeouf is in any other movies like the system is more broken than we even thought seriously right. did any of right. you go visit him when he was down downtown in Soho watching every single movie he'd ever been in in the movie theater no, no. You? oh he spent yes I did he spent <laughs> three days in the Angelica film um like the movie theater on Houston watching everything from the even Stevens movie to the latest Transformers movie a few years ago and he sat in the front row there was a live stream where you could watch him laughing or crying it is he's just weird and we're gonna move on from him <laughs> Well, let's talk about Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, first of all, looking fantastic and happy, just overall happy with her general life and hope she's good. Um, she's taking steps to get away from another bad institution that's not Justin Bieber. She has quit Hillsong Church. 
Um, in the wake, of course, of the cheating scandal of Carl Lentz and all the other drama going on with the cult-like religious institution. The Daily Mail reported that Selena considers herself a Christian and she says she has a close relationship with God and she believes this is not how God wants us to operate. She's delusioned with the church. And Haley Bieber also unfollowed Carl and has apparently left the church and it seems like things are sort of crumbling down for the church Sarah Huron what are your thoughts about all these celebs like leaving Hillsong yeah I mean I think it makes sense I think it's always interesting to see how celebrities who are involved in you know potentially questionable organizations react um but we also never really know if they unfollow or they quote unquote quit like who knows how close they really are actually to these people like they probably maybe are like Justin Bieber and Haley I would allege are still in contact with Carl Lenz and publicly unfollowed him but that's just speculation and Mm -hmm. you know unfounded truth on my part um and I did want to also bring up this is totally unrelated but before I forget we need to pay tribute to Jiggy Vanderpump Oh my God, I forgot. I can't we can't believe it. We talked about Jiggy on the last episode and now Jiggy is gone. I literally fought with Travis over whether Jiggy was still alive last week. And while I technically was right, a mere 48 hours later, he left this earth. And Jiggy was the first dog of Bravo and just an icon. He really and was. adorable. Oh, Ad- Jiggy. I know. We'll we'll just take a moment and just shuffle through our favorite outfits of his in our head. And next time I say that I think someone or, you know, some animal's dead, a knock on wood after. I'm so sorry, Jiggy. I feel personally responsible. Yeah, me too. And I also, it's just another reminder of how powerful this podcast is. And reminded me that I actually <laughs> wanted to make my intention that somehow the Lizzie McGuire reboot still goes on because I am devastated by the fact that Hillary Duff has offered that Disney Plus has ruined it and won't let her do it the way she wants to and won't release the rights to Lizzie McGuire, who is my personal hero. Um, So that's devastating. So I'm throwing it out there that some way, somehow, before my lifetime ends, we get adult Lizzie. It's so sad. Luckily, we have that one paparazzi shot of her walking with this gigantic llama, like inflatable llama. And that's it's, it looked so fantastic just from that one picture. But yeah, Hillary Duff confirmed on Instagram on Wednesday, December 16th, that she was so honored to have the character of Lizzie in my life. She has included so many lasting memories and impact on myself and others. Talked about the fans' loyalty, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, I don't want any, I want any re- reboot of Lizzie to be honest and authentic to Lizzie would be today. It's what the character deserves. We, of course, heard last year that Disney Plus wanted to keep it a PG rating, and Hillary Duff was not about that. So the creator and Hillary were having problems, and I'm really sad it's gone. It was such a hard, happy show. We'll just have to pretend that Younger is – we'll just have to start calling her Younger character Lizzie because I feel like it was going to be similar vibes. <laughs> I, I absolutely would love if Lizzie turned into her character on Younger, but she got COVID on that set too. So we're not going to be seeing too much Lizzie in that season possibly. Well, do you know who else is not seeing more of each other? Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. E-Online, who is, you know, pretty close to the Kardashians, um, is reporting that Kim and Kanye are spending time apart. They said, quote, the couple are doing their own thing and they spend a lot of time apart. Now that Keeping Up with the Kardashians has ended, um, Kim is focused on raising their four children and Kanye is focused on his projects out in Wyoming. Their lives, the source continues to say their lives don't overlap much and the source finally says they spend very much of their lives apart. 
So lots of married couples do their own thing. Usually this is after many years of marriage, not just like, you know, six or seven, but sometimes it's healthy. But, the, you know, these cup, this couple isn't just like us. Um, Sarah Huron, what are your thoughts on this? I do think this? it's really interesting that E was the one that ran this reporting. Um, typically they don't, you know, report things on their, the Kardashians that isn't true. However, maybe, you know, that, that keeping up with Kardashians is coming to an end. We're not going to be able to trust it quite as much as experts, but they're still on that network now. Um, I think it's really interesting. It doesn't surprise me. And I don't know. I think Kim has tried to put up a protective front over Kanye This since everything happened, honestly, the last couple of years and specifically yeah. this year's kind of meltdown. Um, and, you know, they celebrated their anniversary or the birthday with the Rob Kardashian. He thing. wasn't like, really there, though. Right. But like on <laughs> social media, they made it known that he, he did show up like they're they're trying to keep it. But I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if like I think it'll still be a while before we get an official like divorce between them. But I don't think they're going the distance, if that's the question. Gwen Flamberg, you know how to read between the lines. Tell us what this story is telling us. <laughs> you know, I'd say that Kim's looking for husband number what is it now four four yeah, yeah i always wanted yeah. to have an elizabeth taylor life that was her icon growing up so i hope she can hit that you know magic seven number for her i you know i wouldn't put it past her i really wouldn't well let's get into another really hard story this week has been full of some sort of messy moments um jacob roloff also from the show little people big world came came forward on his Instagram and said, I'm just going to read it because it's too hard to read out loud. As a child, after what I realized now was a long grooming process, I was molested by an executive field producer for Little People Big World. Although he doesn't, he says he doesn't want to provide details of the encounter. He alleges that, well, he says he hopes that this producer is no longer around children again and that people learn from what happened to him. Now, this is just so messed up. Little People Big World was such a positive, family-friendly show. And to see that their youngest child was molested by a field producer, obviously horrible, terrible. Not the hottest of Hollywood, the darkest of Hollywood. Um, does anyone have any thoughts on this tragic story? I mean, honestly, like this episode is just like so depressing. Obviously, these are important <laughs> things to talk about. Um, I'm, yeah. I feel that's horrible that you know Jacob Roloff had to go through this. He's been on that show aired in 2006. It started and it's still on, and he's 23 now, so he was obviously young. Grew up on the show. He raised a lot of interesting questions about reality TV. Um, and it's really sad and I hope he's able to recover and this has been therapeutic for him to share. And I hope that this producer who did that to him, you know, burns in hell to put it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> Tell a lot of sexual assault on this episode. It's oh my now. God. Well, there's going to be more because Jerry from cheer is going into court today for his sexual assault of a minor as well. This story just, it, it really hurts. It oh really my God. Hurts. This one really does hurt. He really fooled us all. So Jerry, Jerry Harris, Jerry from Cheer is facing seven new sex crime and child oh. pornography cases. Um, and he is before the grand jury of Northern District of Ohio today, um, at three months after he was arrested on federal child pornography charges. 
So now he will be charged um, with these seven new counts relating to five more minors. Four of the counts allege that Harris knowingly used, persuaded, and induced or enticed a minor to engage in sexually explicit conduct for the purpose of transmitting a live visual description of such conduct. Okay, so he asked for nudes for children. Terrible. But Gwen, I agree. This I did not know the producer on Little People Big World, but I felt like I knew Jerry and I felt like he was there clapping for all of us in 2020. And, you know, what are your thoughts on this, Jeez? You know, I will always remember Jerry's Matt talk fondly, kind of separate from all of this. But, you know, it all goes back to, I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but I interviewed Jerry for a collaboration that I he remember. did with the Browns. And while I love talking to him because I was such a super fan of Cheer and Monica Aldama and the whole crew, um, when I interviewed Jerry, I, I feel like we might have discussed this, Trav. I felt like, you know, he was so green and it's like he was thrust into this fame that he really wasn't ready for and he wasn't emotionally mature enough for. And alas, like, you know, he's he's a kid who like probably didn't even know that he was doing the wrong thing. But like, well, that's nice of you, Gwen, but we can't, you know, totally defend Jerry <laughs> from here here. No, I, I know, but because it, it was predatory and, you know, I just I really, really hope that Jerry learns from his mistakes. I want to believe that he'll give himself some Matt talk when, you know, if he's punished for this, oh, and he's in prison. I mean, it's really a big bummer, but it's sad. Oh, I'm God, it's serve as a lesson that when you become a reality TV star at 17 to 19, it's you're just lean into still being a teenager and you still have to follow the rules and not yeah, be know that the world is watching you when you do the wrong things too. Yeah, just don't solicit minors for sex. This can go for a lot of celebrities and, you know, YouTubers and influencers who've come up. Sadly, Jerry just happens to be the poster child for it today. Let us get to our final story. This is a little more Us Weekly and way less dark and depressing. You know, no one's yelling. There are no children who have been harmed in the making of this story. Sarah Huron, tell us about good old Chriselle from Selling Sunset and what she is doing. You know, Travis, it's funny you say that because no children are being physically harmed, I hope. But Gleb's kids out here might not be thrilled <laughs> that their dad is running around from the actress from Bring It On 4. Mm-hmm. So, All or nothing. Yes. <laughs> so as we know, everyone thought Gleb and Chriselle were hooking up on Dancing with the Stars because he got divorced right after they were eliminated and his wife accused him of ongoing fidelity. They have denied that and Chriselle has since come out and said she's dating Keo, another dancer on the show. Now, Gleb and his new girlfriend, Cassie, have now been on vacation with Chriselle and Keo as like a foursome. And they're out here, you know, having the time of their lives in Mexico. And Gleb's estranged wife is on Instagram talking about how pissed she is at him because they're trying to share their dance studio. And he's, (laughs) what's the word? Frolicking. Frolicking with this blonde actress. And Chriselle, of course, is somehow still involved. Like, I'm not saying anything's happening here. I'm just saying, very interesting that Chriselle and Gleb are still spending all this time together. And she's dating Keo. I don't don't totally know what's going on here, but it's a little, little weird for me. 
Okay, yes. It seems very odd for me that Chriselle was accused of breaking up this marriage and then she just starts dating the best friend and they're only ever seemed as a foursome. That, you know, it's very, very possible. But as Gwen says, where there's smoke, there might just be salmon. Exactly. <laughs> um, Gwen, do you have any thoughts on Chriselle and this, you know, quad moment? No, you're just happy no children were molested. <laughs> I'm super into it. Like, listen, where do you go? Justin Hartley came into the office. Trav, I remember oh, it well. He yeah. put his arm around me. We have a really cute picture together. I took that photo. What Ooh. I remember about it is that his hands were really big, Trav. Oh, huge. Really I remember. Big. So, mm -hmm. Chriselle, she just needs a lot. And <laughs> I hope she's getting it. Good for her. That is the best take on the story I have ever heard in my life. Thank you, Gwen Flipper. Was he nice? Oh my God, oh he my was God. so nice. Sarah, I'm going to dig up the picture and send it to you because he was like, he was such a love. Like he was so nice. Because you know, yeah. after being a Selling Sunset Stan, I was like Team Chriselle, Justin Heartless. But like after everything that happened <laughs> after that and the way he's taken the high road, I'm like, oh my God, was I wrong? Was I bamboozled by the Netflix cameras? What I believe is that there's three sides to every breakup, her story, his story, and the real story, Sarah Heron. And we will never know what really happened in two people's relationship. And yeah, you can't for... trust that selling sunset camera because he did the hills and the hills duped us all. So you never know what's happening. That Adam Davalo, Davilo, whatever his name is, he's a genius. <laughs> he is. <laughs> um, well, for our last story, you know, again, no one harmed in this, which I love. Pete Davidson is getting all of his tattoos removed. If you guys want to hear the story <laughs> and also read what some of his biggest fans had to say about it on the interwebs, you know what to do. Go to usmagazine.com slash stylish. How many oh my tattoos God. does Pete Davidson have? Uh, so lot. glad you asked. So, so glad you asked, Sarah. Um, from the source Body Art Guru estimates that Pete Davidson has over 100 tattoos on his body. And Pete Davidson said that in the makeup chair, it takes him about three to four hours to cover them all up. So he figured it'd be easier to get them burned off. Well, A note to Pete, enough. green never as comes off. Trav, as somebody who got their tattoos removed via laser. As just one. Said, I kept a few. one. But first of all, is it completely gone after how many times? And didn't it hurt like a mother? So he's just like thirsty. Again, this is just... Pete Davidson getting some attention. He ain't removing those tattoos. Um, yes, I can absolutely attest that getting a tattoo feels like a very sharp pencil on your skin and getting it removed feels like a knife that has been lit on fire. It is so much more painful and those hundred tattoos over his body and those okay. black Ariana Grande dangerous woman ears that already have a cover up. I just, I can't imagine how many sessions that's going to take. There's no way. I have a small tattoo. It took about five minutes and it was the most pain I've ever been in in my entire life. And when everyone told me that the removal was worse, I was like, I don't even know what that could possibly feel like. Child, oh where God. is your tattoo? On my ankle. How weird. Like my tiny tattoo, which took like less than a minute. I didn't even feel it happening. But, you know, are you it's a real redhead, Sarah Heron? No. Uh, well, this is my natural hair color, but it's pretty brown right now. I used to dye it really red in college. Uh, and so now you're it's not like, really a redhead. No, but this redhead is my natural hair. Uh, yeah. An imposter. I told you guys that like, from the beginning. You just decided we were like. She a just lied to us and told us she was a redhead over and over, Gwen. Well, also, Gwen, my tattoo I like it hits. It hits right where the bone is on my ankle bone. 
Yeah, that's that, why it hurts. The, the bone is hard. The bone is hard. My I'm also a woman bone too, but <laughs> didn't even feel it. I'm like a mutant, you guys. I don't feel pain like a normal human. It's kind yeah, of good. right. I mean, after I getting get lip injections, I'm like pain. after getting one set of lip injections and tattoo removal, when everyone's like, "This is gonna hurt," I'm like, "It's actually not gonna hurt, sir. I will be fine." I get oh, wait, my lip no injections without like numbing because I Me just too. can't have the numbing. So you know, it. it you guys are freaks. But no, there's no way Pete Davidson is getting these tattoos removed. It would literally nope. be a new career for him. It would take him his, the rest of his lifetime. But, you know, if he's, he's, he's not busy. Now, let us take it to, uh, to another area of the podcast realm that my amazing co-hosts uh, rule and dominate. And they're going to tell us what's happening in their neck of the woods. Sarah Huron, tell us what these messy dudes are doing on The Bachelorette and why Taisha should break up with all of them. I'm so glad you asked. How'd you know I wanted to talk about this? Well, of course, as always, you can get your entire <laughs> breakdown of Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast here for the right reasons. Another great episode up. But um, yeah, we're next week's the finale. The season that will never end is finally going to end. We have a two-parter. She's got three guys left. Um, I want it to be Ivan. I think it's going to be Zach C. There's this big conspiracy that Ben, who was eliminated this week, is going to come back and crash the last rose ceremony and try to win her over. You know, those crazy TikTokers. Um, and I just can't wait to see if Tasha finds her her Dale, because that's what we call it now in Bachelor Nation. <laughs> I, I mean, this Bachelor has gone on for at least seven months, so I'm happy to see it gone and want to see Matt James, honestly. February, I mean, January 4th, we're so close to Matt James. Like, it's going to be the Christmas present that all of us need. Yeah, it's like finally the one that wasn't like a mask, like a mess, like slapped together situation. Gwen Flamberg, what's happening in the world of style, beauty, iconography, and celebrities? Well, guys, if you want a real treat or actually a gift this holiday season, just log on to usmagazine.com slash stylish. And right there on the top wheel, you can see every fun and frolicking Kardashian-Jenner family winter wonderland picture and get oh. all of your winter snow day and holiday outfit inspo i will say that i do look to kylie jenner for her snow outfits i can't afford oh, any of them but they're fantastic well do you guys know what it's time for let's hit someone yes <laughs> it is time for celebrity birthday boxing mania all right, we're going to start with the first one. Uh, Sarah Huron, this is to you. Jared Leto turns 48 this week versus Andy Dick, who is 54. Oh. <laughs> I'm confused why this one was for me. Um, <laughs> but sure, Jared Leto, you win. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you were a gigantic Andy Dick fan. Apparently, I was wrong. All right, uh, Gwen Flamberg, Ryan Seacrest turns 45 this week versus oh. Megan Trainer, who's 26 this week. I mean, Trav, <laughs> give me a hard one, for God's sake. So, you know, I mean, Ryan Seacrest, like, we should believe in his strength because he brought us the Kardashians. But we all know what he's really about behind closed doors. And Megan Trainer, she's got a tough right. She would take him right out. Oh, nice. Uh, Sarah Huron, we have Samuel L. Jackson, who is 71, versus Jonah Hill, who is 36. <laughs> I did pick out ones who I knew you would just roll your eyes at. That was the selection process today. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, for no reason. just because well, I Probably because Jonah Hill went into the match stoned. Good point. <sighs> Yes, yes, and hungry. 
Um, and then our last battle for now, Gwen Flamberg, Jordan Sparks is the dirty 30 this week versus Holly Madison, who is the clean 40 this week. You know, Jordan Sparks, she's scrappy and real cute, but Holly Madison, she had those claws out for years while she was living in the mansion with Hef. So I think that, you know, she would definitely like, you know, strut around the ring a few times, possibly in a bikini, hold up her fists, you know, get some attention, but then she would like swing once and Jordan would be knocked right out. Yeah, I like that she's a half ring girl, half boxing champion here. It's what she's exactly. destined for. The little girl from Alaska that could. All right, Sarah, here on, we have Jared Leto, 48, versus Samuel L. Jackson, 71. Can Samuel do it, given the age difference? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Goodbye, Jared Leto. He's also problematic. Goodbye. And then, Gwen, we have Megan Trainer, 26, versus ring girl and fighter Holly Madison. Holly Madison's going to take her. Oh, nice. And she wins the whole thing. Team okay. Holly Madison. Okay. I knew you were the biggest Holly Madison fan. I hope you I've read it. all her books. Oh, great. Life Under the Rainbow or something? Down the Rabbit Hole. <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> something it. Something else. I actually <laughs> listen to them on audiobook. You know I don't. <laughs> right. Of course. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. And thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for, you know, listening to this uh, really rough week in celebrity news. And hopefully the celebrities are, you know, less abusive next week. Also, don't forget to (laughs) subscribe to our podcast, hit five stars, share it on your Instagram story. Tell your friends, tell your parents, make it your New Year's resolution to get more subscribers for us. Like we're the Hillsong Church. Go out there and recruit. But we will be back next week with more hot celebrity news on Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast. Thanks, guys.